Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Generation Gap Show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM in St Albans. We hope you enjoy it. Radio Verulam. Welcome to the Generation Gap, presented by me, Claudia, and him, Clive. Hello. In this programme, we are going to explore differences and similarities between a, being a teenager now and in the past generations. I am a 21st century girl, and Clive is a baby boomer, meaning a teenager in the late 60s and early 70s. What are the differences and similarities between the way we live our lives now and in the past generation? Um, we are going to try and find out. This is the Generation Gap Show on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Right, hello and welcome to the Generation Gap and welcome to Claudia. Hello. Hello. So today we're going to talk about something a bit mysterious and it's called the Mandela Effect, named after Nelson Mandela. Um, now, it was also a big there was a big concert at Wembley really based on the idea of Live Aid Live Aid I think was 1986 and um, that was the one which was raising money for um, the famine in Ethiopia which um, Bob Geldof launched and of course all the sort of pop stars of the time joined in and amongst other people of course Queen performed there and if you've seen the film Bohemian Rhapsody you'll see, you'll see about the performance of course that Live Aid Anyway, so this other concert was then set up to um, try and persuade the South African government to release their famous political prisoner, Nelson Mandela, from jail. Yeah. Um, so I don't know anything about the Mandela effect, the thing that we're actually talking about today. So I found something online that says, so this is the first sort of inkling that I've had. Um, so starting with Nelson Mandela's death, who this theory is named after he died in 2013 however countless of people have distinctly remember him dying in prison in the 1980s but this death isn't the only example of the mandela effect and throughout our program we will be talking about the other ones and basically describing what we think or coming up with some sort of solution to why these things actually have taken place or why we do not think that the right thing actually happened. Yeah, let's uh, be positive about this. We've got a whole programme. We'll solve the problem by then. Yeah. Of course we will. Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right, that's it. The, the Mandela Effect was named after this. There is um, a, a lady who's sort of some sort of science researcher who um, set up a website, which I've just been looking at about this, called the Ma- Mandela Effect. And there's lots of examples given of people remembering very distinctly something that happened and other people saying, oh, no, no, that wasn't what happened at all. And so, you know, we remember various things, and um, perhaps our memories aren't perfect, of course. Of course they're not perfect. But sometimes things over a long period you think, oh, I remember that. And there's lots of examples which we've seen here of people perhaps um, who've uh, been thought, some film star maybe, that they died some time ago. And in fact, they're still alive, that sort of thing. But the Mandela one is very interesting because people remember the two things. Um, I remember certainly when he died. um, And No, sorry, I remember when he died. You remember when he died? I remember when he was released from prison. Um, and that was in 1990. I think I have to say, I remember when he did die <laughs> yes. in 2013. Indeed. And um, I remember all the TV programmes that were shown about him, and possibly that's why I remember him coming out of prison as well. 
Well, the point is, he he um, yeah he, he was released from prison in 1990. He went on to be the leader of the ANC, the African National Congress, which is a political party in South Africa. And then, of course, um, everything changed in South Africa, and suddenly he was able to stand for election, and he became president of South Africa. And he then retired, and as you say, died in I think 2016. Was it? Uh, 13. 13, okay, there you go. I don't remember that. But remembering dates and getting dates right is not something that's um, very unusual at all. I'm sure that's not really any weird effect. So, um... Well, that's not really true, because if you swear by one date and it's wrong, then that is technically a Mandela effect. Well, it's sort of like that. I mean, but, you know... That's what the uh, website says. Okay, but, I, I mean, if you remember something very clearly and associate a date with it, that's one thing. But if you just make a mistake, how, um, you know, think, oh, it's a couple of years ago, and actually it was five years ago, I don't see that's a very um, so unusual sort of what, human trait. So what if the Mandela effect is not an effect at all and somebody just doesn't remember or makes a mistake? This was this was basically um, formulated as a theory because um, the woman who was doing the research suddenly found literally hundreds of people who remembered him dying in prison in the 1980s, and they were quite convinced this was the case. Could it not have been a coincidence that those people just remembered a different thing? Well, of course, that's that's where you'd start from this because um, the people who sort of believe in this um, theory have then started to find some quite interesting explanations for why this might happen. Okay. So, so um, obviously, the um, one of the theories here is that um, it's about time travel to some extent, um, and I think that's sort of going a bit far for an explanation of something which I'm not sure is quite justified. But let's take it anyway. Okay. So the idea is that um, it's this idea of multi-timelines that um, you can sort of switch somehow between a timeline where something's happened or something's happened slightly differently. The best example I know um, of this, which people might know of, is the film Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow, which is quite a long time ago now. Um, and in that film, she basically runs to catch a, an underground train in London. And in one timeline, she catches it and various things happen. In another, she just misses it and the doors slam in her face and something completely different happens. So the idea is that there's one little trigger that sort of switches you into some slightly sort of parallel timeline. Um, it's theoretically um, okay in terms of physics and mathematics. You know, they can give an explanation this could happen. But how on earth you would actually travel between two timelines and so on is just mysterious. I think that the whole point of that theory is that you don't actually know that you are in a different time. No, no, of course you don't. And you don't actually... So people don't know that they're jumping through times. I don't necessarily agree with this theory. I don't necessarily think it's true. However, if, I'm, if I was to run with it, then I would say that... I personally believe that we are all creators of our own reality and that without me, none of this world would exist. It would be a completely different world, a bit like the sliding doors. If in one world I, I exist, it's exactly like the world I'm living in. And in one world, if I wasn't born, it would be totally different. So um, I believe that we all create our own reality. So if I was to run with the time travel theory, it would be that I've created a different scenario in my head and and possibly jumped through into a different time zone so that it works out for me. So, well, yeah, the idea would be there'll be lots of 
parallel time loans which are very similar and you exist in most of them but there might be one way as others where of course you don't but i mean the ones you exist in you may have had made some different choices at different times in your life and so you've switched into a slightly different area yeah but then wouldn't you be in two times in two timeline in one timeline at the same time like so the two of you wouldn't be see this is where it gets really complicated because if you say that you switch into a different timeline wouldn't there already be a you in that time i think you see what i'm saying yeah i know what you mean but i think in theory you'd probably find that you there's a you that's a real you that switches between timelines and so you can only exist in one at a time so um yeah but then that that defeats the point of other timelines existing <laughs> see what yes. i'm saying it's just, it's just, it's just like the whole theory of time travel is a great one but it's just not explainable and therefore too big for us to comprehend unless someone has an answer to that then i would like to know to be fair like yeah i think this is maybe our brains are just not wired just yet enough to uh, conceptualise all of it. I think that's probably true, and it, it seems to me a sort of sledgehammer to crack a nut in terms of the effects that they've been assigned to this Mandela idea. I mean, I could, I could, I could like work with the time travel theory. I could see how it's possible, but I just, I would like to know how it actually works in order to make it, in order to be able to control it, and then I can go into a different timeline when I want to, in, instead of when time tells me to. Well, exactly. And I think also, I mean, to me, it's something which has been a sort of staple part of lots of science fiction films. And so to some extent, you think it might be real or possible simply because it's been written down in some science fiction stories and in, in films. Um, yeah, so no, because... that gives us the idea that, oh, perhaps that's possible. Yeah, but you don't believe in superheroes. I certainly don't. But so, one you know, day superheroes I... have been written down and like made into characters yeah but so have dragons and unicorns and all sorts of things exactly so. so you don't so why would you believe in time travel and not dragons and unicorns i don't know exactly i don't know at all anyway right now there is supposedly a mandela effect where you ask the question of people what is the last phrase or what are the last words in that song did you all hear it and of the world Exactly. Of the world, isn't it? We are the champions of the world. That's exactly the point. And lots of people say, oh, it's of the world. And in fact, the song does not end like that at all. It just ends up saying, we are the champions. Now, I think that is just a sort of false memory because, of course, in the song, um, there is a, there are at least one, I think, two occasions where they do actually say of the world. And when it was performed at the Live Aid concert, which, of course, many people remember, I think he did add of the world at the end of the song but that was the only time yeah but the actual recorded version and the release version well there again i'm not sure i haven't got it in front of me so i can't tell but anyway it does not end with of the world it does not is that some really weird science fiction thing some spooky thing or is it just a false memory well i would like to say that that's not actually a false memory or a um scientific something time travel whatever theory there is about it i think that it is an actual it's done on purpose because when you sing the song and say um freddie's singing it then you just want to say of the world because you just remembered the song like that and i think it's actually a mm, power move to make people sing along to it but not actually say it and also and also, in the end, 
he says we are the champions and that's where he leaves it because he 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 wants to make the point that at the end of the day it's all about us being champions it's not about being the champion of the world it's about everyone being a champion i think that's that i think that's the reason why he doesn't do that in the end i don't think it's um so i think it's on pu- done on purpose so that people think that he's going to say of the world but it's not but, yeah right but in a parallel time he obviously does say with we but are he doesn't, of the world does he? <laughs> no okay i think that's a perfectly good explanation and again it's not a, s- a sort of sensible one not one where we say oh you need, must involve time travel or something like that it's more of a i would say more of a government move like, like, you know, a politician would say something and you think that they're going to say something, so you're kind of hearing what you want to hear instead of, instead of like, what you're actually seeing sort of thing. And I think that's exactly the same here. Like, he's singing and you think he's going to say it, but he doesn't say it, so you remember it as being said because that's lo- a logical explanation. Okay, thank you very much. That's you're a very good explanation. You're very welcome. 92.6 FM, Radio Verulam. From St Albans, this is Radio Verulam. Anyway, so you're listening to the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM with yep. me, Clive, and with Claudia this week. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to make some sort of sense of this um, idea of the Mandela effect, where people, um, some people remember things in a completely different way to others. And is it some sort of weird time travel thing, or is it just basically a psychological thing where perhaps they've got a false memory or they just don't remember things properly and so on? Um, one I love here is a great big list of various things which people have identified as possible Mandela effects. Um, an awful lot of people, apparently, um, remember a movie which was uh, made, probably a Disney movie, I think, um, called Shazam, about Sinbad the Sailor. And as far as we know, there's no such film and there's never one been made. And yet a lot of people clearly remember it and remember scenes from it and so on. It's very weird. How would um, you explain that? I don't know what you're talking about. No, of course not, because it's a film that no one has... No one thinks actually he's made, but some people seem to remember it as being a 1970s it's Disney film. Is it Sinbad thing about um, pirates? Well, Sinbad the sailor, I don't remember the story, but it's, it's, a, it's not necessarily pirates, but it was about a, a sailor in the sort of um, Is there is there an actual story about it, or is it just not a Disney story? Is that what the problem is? There's, um, I think it's a sort of um, fairly historical story in a book, but this is about a film being made of it called Shazam, and... There's no record of that film. Well, being you saying Shazam like like fires up the film Shazam in my head. Well, you may be one of those people who think you remember it. No, no, no. There's a film called Shazam, and it's I think it's called Shazam. It's about a superhero who says Shazam, and then he turns into a superhero. Okay, well, I don't know. Is that what you were talking about? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Okay, well. Um, I really do apologise to everybody because we can't have this conversation because I don't know what's going on. Right, well, I mean, obviously you have memories going back a lot less time than I would, so it would be understandable. I think this is probably before your time that this film was apparently made, but um, it doesn't seem to exist in our timeline, if that's the explanation we're looking for. Okay, well, so how about we have another song and then I will try and have some sort of psychological slant on this whole... Mandela effect. Okay, and also I'll tell you some of the New York stories because for some reason there's lots of things about New York which seem to be not quite right to some people. Okay, so yeah, 
We are talking about the Nelson Mandela effect here on 92.6 FM and it is a generation gap show so we have to have a bit of a generation slant to this but I feel like we're going in the time travel slant direction today. Mm -hmm. But can you give a more sort of down-to-earth, logical, psychological explanation, do you think? Okay, so when a car crash happens... This is probably the hardest topic that you will ever come across in um, psychology because it's all to do with the brain and the memories and how everyone's brain is different and everyone, um, you know, perceives things differently and, like, sees things differently. But if someone witnesses a car crash, police would like to take their statements in the nearest 24 hours that they possibly can because after that time... They start remembering that, oh, you know, um, there might have been a blue car and a red car and the car that got smashed, it was like a white car, where in reality it was a black car. You see what I'm saying? So, like, after that kind of time, when you keep thinking about something and you keep thinking about something, you kind of create your own kind of reality in your head. You recreate the actual events that happened and it's not necessarily the way that it actually did happen, you know what I mean? So even though somebody was there and they saw it and they are the witness to that event, they don't necessarily give you the correct the correct what's it, version of events, not because they don't want to, but purely because they have way too much time to think about it, and then, you know, the whole pressure about um, talking to the police and um, going to stand in court and testify about all that kind of stuff, you know, that that adds on a lot more imagination, a lot more things to kind of be created in your mind. And I actually think that the Nelson Mandela effect is something to do with that. I understand that the reason why it will happen is because hundreds of people have thought about this one thing and have thought that. But in between those hundreds of people, there are probably a lot more people that knew who Nelson Mandela was and when he died and how he died, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I just think, I think that the simplest and the most logical down-to-earth solution is that people's memories are always, always being flooded in by um, imagination and, you know, stress and other things that contribute to people making their memories and how they... Uh, retrieve their memories from the, you know, the parts of the brain that the parts of the brain that give them memories. Because so, uh, it's interesting you mentioned about car crash because I, I had a um, I was involved in an ac an accident car crash mm -hmm. um, many years ago and I do remember it very vividly but it happened so quickly and so I think what you're saying is that um, your brain kind of fills in details b between the bits you do remember. Yeah. Now I remember this. Um, I was basically on a crossroads with traffic lights. And um, the lights went green, so I started to move. But um, a car coming the other way across me basically ran through the red light and crashed into another car coming the other way on the road I was on. And it hit it so hard that the other car spun over and was actually on its roof and spinning round. From my perception, all I remember was literally I pulled away from the lights and suddenly in front of me there was this car on its roof spinning round like mad. Obviously, I jammed the brakes on. I didn't hit it or anything. But it all happened in a fraction of a second, as far as I was concerned. And I didn't know how that car suddenly got in front of me. Obviously, afterwards, we did fill in the details, as I've just told you. So obviously, they jumped the lights and hit the other car coming the other way. Yeah. 
But that's exactly it. So, so I think, so I, immediately when you were describing that, I was thinking, oh, I remember that. So that's exactly it. But the, the point that I'm trying to make is the person in the car that hit the car in front of you probably remembers it d- totally different. Oh, yes, I'm sure. And the person inside the spinning car, unfortunately, they probably remember it totally differently or don't remember it at all, whatever. No, um, they did all survive, I do remember that. Yeah, um, yeah, well, the, but it point pretty re- nasty. the point remains that they might not even remember how they got spinning, what happened, and who, what, where, you know what I mean? And so that's exactly it. So um, you, it's almost like, you know, you have a blind spot. You know, when you look straight, there is actually a blind spot in your eyes that there's a spot where you don't actually see anything. But your brain actually is so clever that it fills out the space in between because it knows what's supposed to be there and it knows how you're supposed to look. So it's exactly the same with um, the memories. The memories get filled out by your imagination and by things that your brain thinks that it's logical, a logical explanation to have had happened. I'm not sure that's actually... I mean, that is the psychological theory, and that is probably the theory that psychologists would run with. They wouldn't like the idea of time travel and all this kind of stuff, because that's just not um, uh, explainable. So that's probably why the brain kind of does this. And, you know, you know, we today, we watch TV all the time. We hear things all the time, and there's so much information taken in, and your brain actually does remember every single thing that you've ever seen and every single thing that you've ever heard, and that is a lot of information. So if you hear something, and the fact remains that if you hear something a thousand times, it becomes true in your head, in your mind, it is true. Okay, R- regardless whether it's wrong or it's not wrong. But then, obviously, when someone meets you and say, "Oh no, 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 that's not actually true. That's that that never happened." That's when you kind of clarify to yourself, "Oh, okay, well, I got that wrong then." And that you know, because I'm sure those hundreds of people who thought that Nelson Mandela died in prison now know that he didn't die in prison because they look it up or um, the psychologist that did something about time travel has told them that he didn't actually die and now they know that they didn't he didn't actually die right yeah got it uh, yeah so so basically um your information is being filled in like all the time um through your brain and so like if you hear something consistently and then if you tell yourself something consistently then you know you're gonna b- try and believe that that's true Thank you. That does sound like a very logical explanation, and it's yes. excellent from you. And I know you're the expert in these things, of course. So yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to argue at all. And then I'll come back with a little story about some of these New York effects, which have been suggested as being Mandela effects. Yeah. Anyway, you're listening to the Generation Gap show here today. We're talking about this strange thing called the Mandela effect, whether it's real or not. I think um, Cloudy has comprehensively trashed the idea that it's actually time travel and so on involved. Anyway, she's convinced me. Um, So don't forget the Generation Gap show is one of many programmes on Radio Verulam you can listen again to if you go to our website, radioverulam.com. And there's also lots of podcasts, including quite a few of some of our older programmes, converted into wonderful little podcasts which last about 30 minutes. So you get a really condensed bit of all our fantastic um, talking and discussions over many years now. It's been um, over four and a half years, I believe, now, Claudia, since we started. Really? Amazing, isn't it? Yes. Oh, my God, I'm getting old. Right. So, now, one thing I just want to mention. Um, as I'm, uh, If you listen to the programme regularly, you've heard my daughter, Sarah, about talking about going to New York a few weeks ago. Um, and that 
provoked some interest, which was one of the reasons why we spotted this Mandela effect thing, because there's a number of issues about New York. Now, I don't think you've ever been to New York, have you, Claudia? No, I haven't. Okay, so I can't really get these questions to you. You wouldn't be able to answer them. But there's a number of issues, and one which really struck me was the business about the not the Empire State Building. The Empire State Building is a very interesting place in New York if you go there. I'm talking about the Lady with the Torch in the harbour, which, of course, is the Statue of Liberty. Yes. Now, the Statue of Liberty was uh, a, basically um, a great big statue which was given to the people of the United States by the government of France um, when the Americans declared independence, I mean, some many years later. And it's built on um, an island in the harbour from New York. Now... When you go there as a tourist, and I have been there a couple of times, you basically can walk in and you can climb up into the statue. Um, the first, there's several levels, and you climb up to the base level, which is literally just where the feet of the statue are, and then you can climb up further to the torch on the torch itself or up to the head of the statue, except that you can't. And this is a memory. Now, um, I was told this, people say, oh... We remember that we went and walked up into the uh, torch of the Statue of Liberty. And at this point, someone says, ah, well, you can't do that anymore because um, it's been closed for some years. And apparently it was closed in 1916 after there was a bomb attack on the statue. And this apparently was something which brought the um, United States into the First World War. And everyone looks a bit blank and says, well, I don't, know, I don't remember that. I've never read about that before. Um, and also, lots and lots of people, including, I have to say, me, remember, I didn't actually climb up into the torch because I remember there was a big queue of people trying to get there. And I thought, oh, I can't be bothered to wait that long to get into the queue to go up into the torch. So I didn't do it. That was in 1977, long time after 1916. Anyway, I couldn't possibly have been there in 1916 anyway, not in this parallel universe. Um, so it's rather odd. And I kept thinking about this and I thought, well, I definitely remember saying, you know, I was there and I couldn't be bothered to go in this queue to go up to the torch. How is that? Isn't that really weird? Yeah, I'm not quite sure about that one. Well, no, it's, it's very strange and Apparently, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people in this sort of various, uh, on this website have come in and said, yeah, I remember that. I was there in so-and-so with my children and we went and went up into the torch. And yet, somehow or other, it's been closed since 1916. That's very weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't, yeah. So, so are you saying that you couldn't go up there? You could go up there in 1977, right? Well, well the point and is... And now you can't. No, well, the thing was, I remember... Um, I mean, I didn't actually go there, but I remember I could have done, but I just couldn't be bothered because it was a great big long queue to go there. So that is was, that wrong? That was in 1977, but apparently it's been closed since 1916. So it had been closed for f sort of 50 that years then. That is very interesting because I'm pretty sure that my, my grandma has been up there. Yeah, that's right. You see, this is the point. Anyway, I think we're going to wind this discussion up now. It's been quite interesting. Um, to me, it's one of those good ones where, particularly for you, because you've got your psychology background, so I can rely yeah, on you. So I gave you all the human perspective and exactly. the, the true perspective, and Clive has tried to sway you lovely people to thinking there's such a thing as time travel, and I think I won in this case. And, however... If you guys want to um, 
research it a little bit more, then I think you should because it's actually quite interesting and it's quite... Um, it's good intellectual discussion, intellectual, I think. Intellectual, there you go. We yes. like those things, don't we? Anyway, thank you for listening this week and um, don't forget the Generation Gap show is here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM every Thursday night at 9pm, so we'll be back next week as well. Not sure what we'll be discussing, not sure actually who I'll be discussing it with, but um, do tune in. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Generation Gap show here on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you'll listen again to the show. You can subscribe from iTunes, Google Play and of course from Radio Verulam's own website, radioverulam.com.